The Last Word with Matt Cooper. I think Mark Goddard could be Ireland's worst landlord. Now that might seem like a pretty extreme description of an individual. But this man, who's from Luxembourg originally, is treating tenants in his flats and apartments in a manner that certainly seems less than scrupulous. He's making a lot of money out of it. This is a guy who has properties outside Dublin in places like Borosokane in Tipperary, in Cashel, which is also in Tipperary, in Shannon in County Cork, and Gorey in County Wexford. But the Irish Times is very much focused in an investigation on what he's doing in properties all over Dublin City, running from Inchicor out in Dublin 8, across to Marino on the north side of the city in Fairview, but also large tracts of inner city Dublin. And we're talking about 208 bed places across 19 flats and houses in Dublin city centre. So think about how many beds are been stuffed into a bedroom to actually exploit the tenants. And wait till you hear about the way he treats some of those tenants. Naomi O'Leary is part of the Irish Times team, which has done the investigation into Mark Goddard. And can you tell us, please, a little bit about how he treats his tenants? So the properties we're talking about can have up to even 33 people in them, 19 in some cases. We have internal documents that show that those are the number of individual beds for rent. And we the photographs show that sometimes these beds are triple layer bunk beds. So you might have six adults per one small room with triple layer bunk beds. And they're often sharing very few bathrooms, according to tenants that we've spoken to. This operation is particularly aimed at newcomers to Ireland. Um, It's people who might not be familiar with the rules around tenancies. They might have a language barrier um, and they don't have very much money. So they, um, the, the bed places are listed, they're in ads on Facebook, um, often Spanish speaking, for example, language groups, um, targeting people, for example, who are studying English in Ireland and also working part-time under the visa that allows you to work 20 hours a week. Um, Once you get into one of these properties, according to tenants that we've spoken to, it's very, very hard to get your deposit back. Um, So a lot of people end up unhappy because of the conditions, the overcrowding, because things might not be working, there might not be enough bathrooms and so on. But it gets very difficult for them if they want to leave, they might, you know, be told they need to find a replacement tenant or you know their their kind of deposit might be held over them and one case which um, I highlighted in my piece this weekend is the case of um, Salvador Chavez Gonzalez and he Morales and he um, explained that what particularly disturbed him in his property was that there were live CCTV cameras so there was one installed right above his bedroom door Um, You can see it in photographs and videos that we've published on the Irish Times. And it was watching the kitchen. Um, And through a whistleblower and accounts from inside this operation, we know that these CCTV cameras are inside different properties that are run by Mark Goddard and that they record not only video footage, but also audio of tenants. So what, you, you know, people, anyone, any employee who has the app on their phone that allows them to access this can actually hear what they're saying. Um, and is that legal? If you complain about them, you can get kicked out. Is that legally well, allowed? According to the Data Protection Commission, um, who I've contacted, uh, you would have to have an extremely serious justification in order to have CCTV in an area 
where someone might expect, expect privacy. But what's really interesting is there was actually previously a case at the Residential Tenancies Board. That's the body that uh, resolved disputes between tenants and landlords. And this concerned a group of friends who rented a property in central Dublin from Mark Goddard and also objected to CCTV cameras. This case was heard in recent years. And um, from the court records, we know that um, Mark Goddard said, admitted there were cameras um, in the property, but he kind of portrayed it as like a good thing, like an expensive perk. And he said that he had issued them with eviction notices because they complained about the cameras. That's according to the court records. So those tenants actually won their case. Um, they were, Mark Goddard was told to pay them €7,500 for um, a number of breaches for having CCTV cameras in the house uh, without their consent or permission, for entering with his own key, and also for issuing um, ir- um, invalid eviction notices. Um, but what they tell me is that they've never received a penny. Um, and this seems to be a bit of a pattern. And what type of prices does he charge for this substandard accommodation? It's a range, but a typical price might be maybe four fifty, five hundred a month. Um, you can get lower. The particular tenant we were speaking to, Salvador, he was paying around uh, six hundred. Um, so he, what happened to him is that he checked on July twenty fifth last year. Uh, whether he was okay for the upcoming month because he heard a rumour that some people might get evicted from the house. He was reassured that he was and he was asked to hand over the money for August. So he paid the rent for August. Um, that meant he was down his deposit plus his rent, about €1,200. And then four days later, he received an eviction notice. And this eviction notice told him to leave within seven days. So he had to leave by August 5th. And he was obviously upset about this. He was like, no, well, you have to give me back my money. And what we've heard from inside the company is the reason for his eviction was because he had complained about the CCTV. And so on August 5th, um, although um, he'd spoken to a solicitor who told him that he did not have to leave, that he'd registered a complaint with the Residential Tenancies Board, which should have halted the eviction, um, workmen for the agency arrived at the property and they dismantled his bed. So they actually took it apart with screwdrivers, took the parts of it out, and they actually took off his bedroom door So this bedroom was like carved out of a kitchen with partition walls. Um, It was to make an extra bedroom in the property. It was an apartment on Cable Street. They actually took the bedroom door off so that he was now, his room was now open to the kitchen. They took away that stuff. So he was, he was actually left in the apartment because he refused to leave. He refused to move out his stuff. And he slept on the floor for the next few weeks um, with no privacy and no bed just because he'd already paid the rent and he didn't have money for another place or he didn't have somewhere else to go. And also he'd been told that by his solicitor that he had the right to stay. Okay, one other thing, Naomi, I want to ask you about is, are these premises actually safe to be in from a fire and other point of views? We have a new piece out um, today, which is by my colleague, Colm Keena. Uh, he went along to some of these properties and what he discovered was that there's actually fire safety notices posted on the door. Um, So on one of them, for example, it warns that this is a potentially dangerous building and warns tenants that they should leave immediately. Um, So um, there's fire safety orders that have been issued on a number of properties and Dublin City Council isn't satisfied that the precautions that they've ordered need to be taken have have been complied with. Naomi, stay there, please. I want to bring in another guest. We have Anne-Marie O'Reilly with us from Threshold, which looks after tenants in this country. Have you ever heard the likes of this or is this actually common? 
Um, unfortunately, we've started to hear more and more stories like this in recent years. Um, there's always been rogue operators in, in the market, unfortunately. But the level of sophistication and the scale uh, that we're seeing in this case is new. And it's something that I don't think the current uh, systems in place are equipped to deal with. What about the Rental Tenancies Board? Isn't that what they're supposed to do? Yes, yes. So the Rental Tenancy, the, the RTB, they can, um, yep, it, it's very much tenant-led enforcement in some ways. So in the instance of this young man, he had to take a case to the RTB. He had to pursue it. And while the RTB can find in his favour or that of other tenants and issue, um, you know, order the landlord to return the money or to pay them compensation, um, if the landlord decides not to pay it, then the tenant has to go back to the RTB and then look for an, an enforcement order through the courts. And that can take time. And money. And money. Which they may not have. Well, the RTB, would, would, the person would look for the RTB to do it on their behalf. Um, but yeah, we, we unfortunately have seen tenants in similar scenarios where they've, they've never received the money. But how many uh, of these tenants actually know their rights, particularly mm-hmm. if they're from foreign countries and speak foreign languages as their first language? Yeah, many people aren't aware of the rights. So we would see a lot of people also think, well, I don't have a tenancy agreement, therefore I don't have rights, which is not the case. You don't have to have an actual written agreement to be protected by the law. Or they have an agreement that says you are a licensee, you don't have rights, which isn't necessarily the case either, just because they say you're a licensee doesn't mean you Sorry, what does that even mean? So licensee, so traditionally a licensee would be someone who lives in the home of the landlord. You're renting a room. You know, students and digs are licensees. Yeah. They wouldn't have the same rights as a tenant who's renting out an apartment all of their own or a, a home. Uh, so what we have seen in recent years more and more and more cases of some landlords trying to say, well, you're a licensee. You don't have the same rights as other tenants. I can kick you out without notice. I don't have to abide by the, the rules that other landlords do. So we would, people come to us, go, OK, well, I, do I have rights? Go, yes, you do. We, we can bring this to the RTB. But if the landlord to begin with has little to no regard for the RTB or the law, it does make it quite difficult uh, almost impossible, really, to get justice for the tenant. So what changes would you like to be made to make it better for these tenants? I think we need to actually start and looking at the entire system. So like the Residential Tenancies Act uh, is one thing. And then we also have the PSRA, the Property Services Regulatory Authority, and they regulate uh, property providers or those providing services. But these rogue operators have they're kind of operating in, in in gaps in the legislation as such because the legislation wasn't designed to tackle this sort of level of, of operation. So we need to look at new ways of tackling it and really having consequences for them because uh, as it is, they can continue to do it, get another fine from the RTB and go out and do it again. Just to finish with you, Naomi O'Leary, has Mark Gotthardt, the man behind this, has he responded to queries from the Irish Times? We've heard nothing from him. Um, we put in a list of detailed questions um, and I mean from what I hear from people who've worked with him is that he doesn't you know respond to RTB rulings um, he doesn't respond to journalists because he doesn't feel there are consequences um, so it doesn't really matter very much to him and just to put this in context like I spoke to his former tenant um, Salvador this morning and you know what we're talking about the money that he you know, wasn't given the, the deposit that was kept from him. That might be a relatively small amount of money for a man like Goddard, who was paid nearly three hundred thousand euro in director's fees um, in a recent year for his for his work. 
that might seem a relatively small amount of money for him, but for Salvador, that's money that he spent years working to save in Mexico in order to, uh, he's a computer engineer, in order to get ahead here with his chance in Ireland to learn English and find work here. And he was put in a situation of not even having enough food. Like he couldn't leave his house. He didn't have anywhere to live. The, the retention of this, these amounts of money from people makes a massive difference to the kind of tenants that we're talking about. Um, and it's, to me, that's what's really galling. It's, you know, he's still waiting for that deposit to come back. Shocking. And that that means a lot. Like, we're talking about when will the RTB rule. He's he's had his hearing with the RTB. He's waiting for that to come through. When will he be paid? We don't know. And is there going to even, is, is, is Goddard even going to have to pay it? Will he just ignore it again? We'll see. Thank you very much, Naomi O'Leary of the Irish Times and Marie O'Reilly from Threshold. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-